My next guest is a member of the Around the NFL podcast. I want to welcome back on Mr. Mark Susser. Mark, the offseason is in full swing. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think this is just sort of the new um, normal for trying to throw in a sort of a cheesy corpro term there. Um, it, it, it's the offseason and the way that free agency and the trades have spilled into each other um, has become total chaos. And I think for fans, like you're as plugged in now as you would be in week four of the season. I mean, it's just like the moves um, have been immense. It's the quarterback movement. And I think this is the way the league operates now. And, and there, there are still teams catching up to that. But the best teams around the league are giving up massive future assets to upgrade a quarterback. Because if you don't have that player, you don't really exist in today's NFL. Has there been any smarter acquisition than the team in the nation's capital giving up two-thirds, potentially a second, and paying $28 million for a guy that was going to get cut? It's so funny because I'm writing a piece right now for NFL.com, kind of trading or looking at all the trades and, and handing out grades. And I think part of it is like giving a grade to that stuff now is it's incomplete. We just don't know how it's going to work out. But that that lever pull by Washington, that floored me. It, it, it came across to me as totally desperate uh, to take on the salary and then have to turn around and, you know, part ways with certain veterans uh but for a quarterback that frankly if you have the number 11th pick in the draft you could go quarterback there I, I get you get the sense that's just not like what Ron Rivera wanted he wanted a veteran but Carson Wentz arrives with multiple question marks um the player but also who is Carson Wentz in the locker room I think is a fair bit of suspicion and concern about that is he's is he the alpha quarterback that players believe in there's no real evidence that that's the case I mean to fall out with the Colts and with Frank Reich the way that he did uh, says a lot to me. Uh, so I think Washington inherited Indy's problem. And on top of it, to have to pay him that money, you could have just gone with the less expensive, adequate Taylor Heineke while drafting someone. So the whole, the whole bit of it, the business on the whole end of it, um, it kind of, I think, reveals Washington to be one of these teams that's not operating in a savvy fashion, quite the opposite. Yeah, it's shocker that they're not running. Uh, all systems aren't going well for them. Now it floored you. It broke me because I was literally like, "All right, they're they're finally in. They finally want to get a franchise guy. They're going after Wilson. They somehow called the Chiefs, went after Mahomes, which was bold, but I kind of like it. Nothing was going to happen. But then just to, it feels like a kind of like an a kind of like an aggressive push, almost like the the owner jumped in and said, "We need somebody who's out there. We're grabbing him, even though." we gave up two thirds and they got a better quarterback for one of the thirds. So I think you can probably say the Colts front office did a little bit better acquiring a quarterback than Washington's did. But in terms of all the quarterback movement, like a lot of people, we thought that Rogers might get moved. Um, obviously Wilson goes to Denver, but with, with, with Rogers, do you think he stays knowing Devonte Adams is not coming back or because it was a little, they said he, he knew, but it's Devonte Adams made it seem that it was kind of like a last second thing. Uh, I think he stays because let's just like with one thing to look at the money. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> what they paid him and what he is going to be earning at this point, I think puts the Aaron Rodgers drama um, into the back rear view mirror at this point. I mean, a season from now, could, could we hear more stuff about wanting to retire or this or that maybe, but it does seem like Rodgers was, you know, according to these reports, his own words, just well aware that this could happen. I think it's it it was a stunner for Packers fans because the assumption was that this would be the watershed moment keeping Rodgers. 
that, you know, they're in the Super Bowl window. Of course, Devontae Adams would stay. But Devontae Adams was so public last offseason about wanting to play with Derek Carr, his best friend, uh, that it always sat there in the background as a possibility, especially when you heard. I mean, the one thing that never really changed was that Green Bay and Devontae Adams were struggling in their contract talks. And then they offered him a ton and he didn't want it. So it's like at that point, you it just seemed like we're in an age where players are much more empowered. Um, disgruntled players find a way to go on from team A to team B. We're seeing that all over the place. So while Rodgers essentially, I think the money um, put his problems into the distance, that was not enough for Devontae Adams. So it, it changes the way that we look at that team entirely, I think, in the NFC. Do you think they just draft somebody? Do you think they try to poach one of these kind of maybe less marquee names of a wide receiver and maybe try to overpay for somebody to kind of give it, give it the NFC another run? Uh, maybe both because it's a good wide receiver draft. And, you know, I think that at this point, if they're in the business of keeping Aaron Rodgers happy, uh, if that's important to them, it does seem like the relationship has improved compared to where, you know, the fallout of the Jordan love thing, it, enough has gone on behind the scenes, you know, from what Aaron Rodgers has said that, he has the, the ear of the front office a little bit more. I mean, we saw that with, you know, some of his so-called Aaron Rodgers general manager signings a year ago with Randall Cobb and stuff. But I, I would imagine they address wide receiver because it's a gaping need on that team right now. And you can do that. I think, you know, there are, there are a couple wideouts hanging out in free agency, but the draft is where I'd start. And at this point, I mean, it just seems like if they didn't do that, we might get an annoyed Aaron Rodgers again. So they've got to address that position. And I want to ask is, I know it's not an easy topic. How are you reacting a couple of days past this uh, Browns quarterback acquisition? Well, I'm not, I'm just not on board with it. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, fandom is, it is something that everyone can treat personally the way that they want to. And I, I know that there are a big flock of Browns fans that look at the deal and say, we don't have to like Deshaun Watson, but uh, we do like the fact that, the team has a franchise quarterback and that they've massively upgraded over Baker Mayfield. Um, personally, like where I stand today, I'm not really a Browns fan. I just kind of am out on it on the whole thing. I, I, I can't really palate, palatably take the whole experience for what it is and how, how it went about. And um, you know, that's just, that's just where I'm at. I'm also been a fan of the team for 30 something years. So it wasn't like a decision that to me was a knee jerk decision. I just like the whole, the whole affair, the whole, the way the whole thing went down. Um, you know, I think there's probably saints fans and Falcons fans out there that if you're of a certain age or a certain disposition or just how you look at sports um, would feel the same way. And so that's, that's where I'm at with that at the moment. I also think that, you know, from a team standpoint that Cleveland's, they didn't have to do this, um, but they're more attracted to winning and getting that quarterback than they are having to explain this one to uh, wives, daughters, and everyone else. So are you, you, did you already order your new Wentz Commanders jersey? I will not be ordering. I, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely not ordering that jersey. <laughs> um, in general, like, I, I'm not a big jersey guy because I, I don't even know at this point. Like, none of these players seem to stay, like, stay on any team. But like, when, the Wentz jersey, if I had a list, like, you know, one through thousand, 1000 options of apparel. He is near the bottom. 
Yeah, no, it's incredible. And then with um, the, a lot of people were very taken away, obviously, um, with Denver getting Russell Wilson. But in terms of the trends we've seen the past two years with Brady, where people think he's kind of out of it and he goes to Tampa and wins the Super Bowl, and Stafford, when we kind of kind of an afterthought and he goes to the Rams and wins the Super Bowl, did the did the Colts getting Matt Ryan kind of like did it kind of intrigue you a little bit? Because I I, I kind of I don't want to say they're a contender, but like if they wanted it, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, they I mean they upgraded. I think that they they put themselves into a tough position because. It was so clear they wanted to move on from Wentz. And, you know, in another world, had the Falcons not pursued Deshaun Watson, uh, it's very possible that Matt Ryan is still on the Falcons and the Colts are, are looking around at, you know, Baker Mayfield or, you know, a, a very low middle, middle of the road quarterback. Instead, um, they gave up next to nothing for Ryan because that relationship, you know, essentially ended, I think, because of the Deshaun Watson thing, but also the state of the Falcons were just not a good place for Matt Ryan. And even though they had to absorb that insane cap, dead cap money, 40 million plus, uh, it always felt like Ryan was a very possible trade target just because of where the organization is. So the Colts, unlike Washington, for instance, did not, you know, it was like they're, you're playing chicken with what could happen and what quarterbacks are available. Um, the Colts attempted to look into Deshaun Watson. Of course, it's in the division. They said no, the, the Texans. And so the timing of it all, um, and by being patient, it landed in their favor because they ended up getting Ryan for very, very little. And I think that he, he works really well um, for any team that was out there looking for a veteran. I, I kind of like it as much as almost any of the other ones. He's a little older. Uh, he's probably, you're looking at, you know, two seasons. Um, in, in Indy, but I think he functionally upgrades that offense. I mean, Wentz had lost essentially every ounce of faith that the ownership had him in. So they, so that put Chris Ballard and Frank Reich into that position of having to make that move. But there were whispers, and it's not fun for Washington fans to hear, that they had questions with Wentz all the way back dating to before the season. So again, I think they, they exported their headache and got something in Matt Ryan, a veteran that any coach could trust. And then kind of looking towards the draft, and obviously drafts about a month away, and we haven't seen the, seen the schedule yet, but based on how you see some of these rosters shaking out, who are some of the teams you think people aren't are kind of counting out that you might make some noise during the season? Well, you know, it's, it's that time of year where I don't think there's a ton of, like, terrible teams out there. Um, I mean, I wouldn't count out someone like the Dolphins. I, I don't know if they're being counted out, but new coach, um, they were in turmoil, you know, with ownership and what's been going on there post Brian Flores. But, you know, the trade today for Tyreek Hill um, in general, I think Mike McDaniel is a very interesting new wave um, of head coach. And, you know, he's coming from that Shanahan system and not, not unlike when Shanahan and John Lynch went to the Niners. Uh, and quickly added parts that would round out a Shanahan-type playbook. Uh, Miami's doing the same thing. I mean, and I and I I kind of think that they're going to be a team that you know struggled last year. They had that win streak, but it was hard to buy it based on who they were beating. Well, the Robert um, Hunt, the flip was the moment of the year, and somehow got snubbed for Justin Tucker's long field goal. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so that's a team I think just you know that will make that division more competitive. And I wouldn't just hand it to the Bills, although the Bills probably have to be seen as the top team in the AFC right now, especially after the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill.
What about in the NFC? Because right now you've obviously got Tampa, you got Green Bay. There's questions about Dallas. There's questions about Arizona. You got the Rams. Is there anybody else like intriguing that maybe teams coming on last year that maybe kind of reloaded, maybe like a Detroit or or a Philly? I mean, I guess it, there's a wider berth for a team like that in the NFC because we're in this world now where the AFC is like 12 you know, arguable, arguably superpower type teams. And the NFC really just has those ones that you mentioned. Um, I mean, I guess maybe um, if you're talking about a team that kind of flatlined a year ago, I don't see a lot of change uh, because I, I, I do take the Eagles seriously. Um, I would look around and say like Arizona. Um, I'm not sure Kyler Murray will even be on that team or will, really? will, will or could potentially stage a holdout. I don't think that thing's totally gone away Interesting. at this point. Um, it, but but there hasn't been a ton of movement. When I'm you know, kind of just looking at, at at the 16 teams here, I don't see a big leap from the Bears or the Lions. Uh, the Lions the, the Lions have issues. The Bears are essentially re, um, they've announced that they're essentially rebuilding to some degree, and the Vikings are just the Vikings. So I think it's more the story's been in the American Football Conference that this quarterback movement has tilted these guys over to the AFC, and that changes everything. What about the Saints? Do you think a healthy Jameis, even though they've got some cap issues, maybe if Michael Thomas comes back, they can make a run? Yeah, I think that's a team that I would just kind of view the same way I do a year ago. Um, the difference for me is that I have always felt like Sean Payton gave you an extra two or three wins a season. He's one of those coaches that really matter. And if you look at what Sean Payton did with Jameis Winston and with Teddy Bridgewater when they were both filling in at times, um, I just look super impressed with that, with those results. And I, I'm not sure of the carryover to Dennis Allen as head coach. Um, but, it, it, you know, Winston, Winston looks good, I thought, when he played. And, I mean, that, that sort of a less buzzy move to go get him. I mean, and they were in on Deshaun Watson as well, obviously, right down to the bitter end. Uh, but I would, I, would look at, I would look at the Saints as a team in a very bad division outside of Tampa Bay that could steal wins from inside their own division and be in contention for a wild card, yeah. Where's Baker Mayfield playing week one? Well, I'm not sure he'll be playing. I mean, I think it's, it could see him on a team, but it, there's, there's no suggestion that the league um, views him very highly at this point. In fact, it's kind of been like a wickedly fast fall from grace. I, I guess at this point, um, when we found out the Colts weren't interested, Seattle stands out just because if you, if you want Baker Mayfield for this season to judge who he is, and you don't want to draft a quarterback, although I think that they're a high candidate to draft one, I just would not roll into the season trying to advertise Drew Locke as your starter. I know that they're talking him up and they liked him pre-draft and all this other business. I would certainly take Baker Mayfield over Drew Locke. And I think that Baker Mayfield, for his ups and downs, has been a little bit like, I, I think he's getting a little too beaten up in general by observers right now. It's like, the, I would go back and look at Baker Mayfield's 2020 season down the stretch the last half of that campaign when he was healthy and playing well and they had plenty of their weapons available um he was one of the highest graded quarterbacks of the last seven or eight weeks of the season and did well in the playoffs as well it's, it's just that this season this past one due to injury um i think that his q rating tumbled with the odell beckham uh disaster because so many of the players in that locker room seemed to admire Beckham and almost side with him as he was exiting the team and I think that kind of that you know that doesn't help it, that puts your quarterback in a tough spot and on top of it the Browns clearly just felt like he has a ceiling 
but is he is his ceiling better than what the Seahawks have right now? Absolutely. I would I think also he kind of fits that Seattle vibe, that team vibe for the season. I was really looking forward to the Drew Locke Macklemore collab they're gonna do to roll out the start of the season, but if they get Baker Mayfield, I don't think that's gonna happen. Um no. now, yeah, not and with um San Francisco, I know Jimmy G's coming back from shoulder surgery and all these kind of destinations are kind of getting closed up. What are you expecting to shake out in San Francisco? Well, I think they've been a little bit, you know, left behind. And I, I with these, it's like you get there are less logical fits. Uh, I mean, honestly, wouldn't Washington rather have Jimmy G than Carson Wentz? I mean, I, I don't know. I think I would. But, you know, you want to almost see if you're the Niners because of Jimmy G can't really even throw till July or something that if you look back a couple of years ago, like when Sam Bradford get, get, get moved around for high draft picks, if there are injuries, it puts teams into panic mode and you can get a lot more for Jimmy G than trying to sell them now. Because uh, I, you know, I don't see him going inside the division to Seattle. And so where are the obvious landing spots right now? You need chaos to unfurl. You need an injury to happen for some of these deals to, have to, to go down. Were you, you shocked with Brady's announcement last week? No, because, I mean, for instance, on our show, you know, we, I think we all firmly believed, based on his own comments, that, you know, if he was taking time to think about it and he and mull retirement, that there was always a real possibility that that just would not suit who Tom Brady is. And I just, I, you know, I make light of it on, on, on our show a little bit, but it's just like the whole thing when we would do this, I'm retiring to spend more time with family. Well, like certain people that works for, I think with Tom Brady, this is like one of the most ultra competitive people on planet earth. I just wondered after he looked at his own play from last season, what, how long would it take for him to turn around and say, actually, I am coming back. And, you know, so not, none of it surprised me. Um, I think Tom Brady, maybe from the beginning, kind of wanted to control the message, uh, which, you know, didn't happen early on the way that like Schefter broke it and stuff. If you're Tom Brady, you know, he took back control of how he wanted to do things, came back on his own terms. And from a playing angle, there was nothing to suggest that he couldn't still play this next season, next couple seasons. Do you think this is the kind of thing like he's going to play until he wins a ring and then go out on top? Or do you see this as like, I can play as long as I want? I mean, maybe because like, I feel like he's played to get that last ring like three times at this point and gotten three rings. So I think there's always more for him. I mean, if, if I think he would, if he saw or felt a tangible decline in his own play, I don't think he would just keep going and keep going, you know, Michael Jordan on the Orlando magic type scenario. I, th I think at that point he's prideful. He would, he would step away, but that's the whole thing. You know, what is he looking at from last season? to suggest he's anything but an MVP candidate still. And his body is different than other people his age. I got one last question for you. So uh, Chiefs obviously just moved Tyreek excuse me, Tyree Kill earlier today. They brought in Juju um, a couple days ago. They're still the favorite to win the division. Do you think they're just going to reload and they'll still be a juggernaut going forward? Or do you think maybe this brings them down a peg? It does bring them down because I think, number one, it's the Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes trio. I mean, that has been the Chiefs offense. It's not their ground game, obviously. I mean, Tyreek Hill is such a mismatch because you had to deal with Travis Kelsey at the same time. So they were already thin at wideout. I think they've already struggled to draft and groom guys that could become the next Tyreek Hill. And I, I don't view Juju as that. I mean, this obviously 
yes, it creates more targets for Juju Smith and they could draft someone, but you're taking away um, intense mind boggling speed out of your offense and someone who fit with Mahomes so well. So in a really rough AFC West, it knocks him down a peg. I think when, again, though, when you have Patrick Mahomes and if you get Patrick Mahomes at his heights and you have Andy Reed and you have such a consistent organization, I don't have a problem still calling them the favorite, um, but that is a nasty division. And, and for me, like the Chargers have had a really good offseason. I know they're everyone's darling right now, but Justin Herbert has a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks of our lifetime. I, I truly see that in him. So I, I, it's a tough one to pick, but this hurts the Chiefs. Do you, do you think the Chiefs sort of maybe saw this day coming a couple of years ago when he was having those legal issues and they drafted Hardman? I don't think Hardman's ready to be Tyreek Hill, but do you think they're just going to recha- change everything? I think they've I think they've tried to reload it wide out over and over and it just hasn't quite hit. And you always knew that at some point, like a massive contract was coming uh, Tyreek's way. And it, it, smart teams sometimes need to not make that deal and move on. I think this one is not this is this probably annoys and agitates Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's got to be the same way. Well, he's been dealing with his, bro- his brother. I mean, that's that's number one, with the TikToks, And now he's got to like, oh, shit, I need a new receiver. Yeah. I mean, the second problem is, is um, a bigger one, I think <laughs> on the field for him. I don't know that I, the brother seems like an, an interesting character. I don't track him um, quite as heavily as I could, I guess. Uh, seems slightly annoying to me. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's incredible. Are you looking forward to the draft? I do. I think we're going to go this year, um, which oh, cool. we haven't, we haven't gone in a while, but it sounds like we're going to be going to Vegas and that's a nice, easy flight from LA. Um, you know, I think those events, having been to a couple, I was at the Johnny Manziel draft. That was insane. Oh, wow. I mean, there's just a pretty crazy energy. Uh, and I think it's one of these events, like all 32 teams can have hope unless you're, you know, one of these teams that traded all your first round picks, which seems like half the league right now. I don't even know if Les Snee's going to show up. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. But do appreciate the time. And how can people follow you on social media and check out the uh, Around the NFL podcast? Well, thanks for having me. Um, it, it's just Mark Sessler uh, at Twitter. and on Instagram and our podcast is, you know, we went five days a week last week and we typically do two or three days a week in the off season and three days a week, including Sunday nights through the entire regular season. And just, if you search around the NFL podcast, you'll find it. Do you think we're done with the crazy moves until the draft? Do you think something else is going to come tomorrow morning and it's going to throw everybody off there? Uh, I just always assume something else is coming tomorrow morning at this point. Yeah, no, it's incredible. No, it's been wild because it was kind of dead right after the season, but these last few weeks have been nuts. But I do appreciate the time as always. Sure thing. Awesome.